It's an emergency episode of Locked On Nets. You already know what we're going to be talking about. The Brooklyn Nets have signed Kevin Durant. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back with another edition of the Locked On Nets podcast. I am your ecstatic host, Josh Bass, um, and joining me as always is Marcus Barahal. Marcus, we spoke uh, f- for a podcast about five or six hours ago, but we have some pretty cool news that uh, it, it's not often we do two-a-days, but this definitely necessitates it. For sure. Uh, I just finished stopping screaming after about three hours of it, so happy to now jump on this podcast with you, Josh, and... Uh, begin screaming but in a recorded form i guess a a long recorded scream uh that's that's our that's our motto here Uh, i found out when i was at a trader joe's uh, with my roommate who is a huge knicks fan i was gleefully rubbing in his face um just euphoria as i waited on the hour line to buy my uh my snacks my salmon my seltzer all the good stuff um but we have some yeah this is just so cool uh, just to set up the show again, because I'm assuming we're going to have a lot of new listeners, uh, we are Locked On Nets, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your local experts on the biggest stories. Uh, my, again, my name is Josh Bass. I've been a Brooklyn Nets fan since that first 2001-2002 season when they had Jason Kidd and made the finals um, with that really magical team with Kmart, Richard Jefferson, Kerry Kittles, um, have, have been a loyal Nets fan along the way, even though a, a bit of a uh, outlier living in Manhattan all my life. So having to contend with that, it's just really special to see this awe-inspiring moment uh, where really the the Nets have truly, regardless of if it works out, because there's a lot of question marks still with Kyrie and KD obviously not going to play uh, most likely this year with his uh, ruptured Achilles tendon. But just the Nets getting finally kind of getting over the mountain, winning the uh, free agency battle against the Knicks, the Lakers, the Warriors, of course, uh, and, and coming out on top. It's just amazing to see. Uh, and along with me every step of the way, my man Marcus Barahal. Uh, Marcus, you're, you're a Knicks fan, but you're slowly, I guess maybe not that slowly anymore, maybe rapidly becoming a Nets fan, but you're here to balance me out. Yeah, Josh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, when I heard the news, and this, is, this might shock you, my first reaction was not uh, being dismayed that he didn't sign with the Knicks. My first reaction was, this is incredible. This is great. So I, I hesitate to, to call myself a Nets fan. I think, you know, deep down, obviously, I grew up a Knicks fan from Manhattan like yourself, but it's, it's, it became really hard not to root for this Nets team this season, and I couldn't be happier for you, for the fans, for the listeners, and... Uh, I'm just happy that you allow me to even speak on this podcast. You know, just uh, you could easily kick me off and just go solo, but I, I appreciate you continuing to, mm-hmm. to host me. Well, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll bring that up to uh, David I don't, I don't know. see if he wants, <laughs> me to go, wants me to go solo. Uh, <laughs> and of, of course, it's, it's very fortuitous because uh, we've been friends forever, but the two of us came together as podcast co-hosts only when uh, the immortal Gavin Shaw really, as David Locke said very well on on Twitter today, switched from Locked On Nets to Locked On Knicks in December, immediately coincided with the Nets' great run last year, their playoff berth, 
uh, a lot of the cool things they did overperforming expectations. And then obviously, um, basically the last 24 hours where it's confirmed that Kyrie's coming. Obviously, they win the KD sweepstakes and just all the good vibes that come with that. Yeah, and uh, just to bring it full circle, I was with Gavin when we got the news. We were playing basketball. Uh, our mutual friend, Jeremy, walked up. He was a little late, and he said, Kevin Durant signed with the Nets. And the look on Gavin's face, he was uh, shell-shocked. Uh, he kept that expression up until our, our walk to the train when I told him that the Knicks signed uh, Julius Randle for three years, $63 million. Uh, at that point, he grew even more shocked. Uh, so, yeah, a tough look for Gavin today. Great look for us. Great look for the Nets. Yeah, no, it really is. And he can be uh, be very happy with the Knicks and their great signings of Julius Randle and Taj Gibson. Uh, because whenever you can... Maybe Reggie about, Bullock. Yeah, maybe Reggie Bullock if, if uh, they're lucky. And, and Gavin and Reggie Bullock have a close personal connection from their days in Phoenix, so that would be good. But enough about Gavin. Uh, the Nets have signed Kevin Durant. And, like, it, like I, I can't get over how awesome this is. Obviously... Not even just like the Billy King train, everything that has um, kind of transpired since that. Sean Marks, just the phenomenal job he's done in the last, I guess, pretty much 40 months since he took over. One of the worst GM situations of all time. Rebuilt the Nets into a team that had a stable core, really uh, well-developed young players. And then being able to add two marquee free agents, Kyrie Irving, uh, a champion, and, and Kevin Durant, another champion, and someone who will go down... Uh, as probably a top 10 player of all time, even top five at some point, if he can come back really strong from this Achilles injury. So just everything that we've gone through as Nets fans, uh, dating back to the 12 and 70 days when I was talking to myself into Rafer Alston and Chris Douglas Roberts, uh, the days of, of Bruce Ratner just being a complete snake, trying to um, really derail the team and being cheap, like Kiki Van, everything. Like this is just... This is so cool. I mean, Avery Johnson, like the promise when they first went to Brooklyn, and we thought it was going to be something way different. And then the, the team just fizzled out. Like CJ Watson not just laying it in, trying to, to dunk the ball. Like I've gone through so much with this team, so many ups and downs, and there's going to be so many more to come. But on this day, on, on June 30th, 2019, I'm just in a state of euphoria right now. And I love this team, man, and it, this is going to be a really cool season for us. Um, I think it's great like that they have kind of a year to, to settle in where without KD, the expectations aren't going to be that high. They can blend, like Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Levert can all blend together, see what works, what doesn't work, and basically give Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks a one-year-long laboratory so that when KD hopefully comes back 85, 90, I'm not even going to say 100% because it's just unlikely, uh, that they are able to hit the ground running uh, and, and really just take the league by storm. Yeah, that's my favorite part of all this. Like, obviously, they lost uh, D'Angelo Russell, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a future podcast. But being able to keep guys like Dinwiddie, guys like Karis LeVert, all these, Jared Allen, all these guys who we kind of loved watching this whole season, Nets fans grew to love, and are a big reason that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanted to come was because of that culture. Uh, Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson obviously like helped develop it. But those players embodied it, they bought in, and they led the Nets to an incredible turnaround, to a playoff berth. They won a game, and they really showed like what that group of guys can do. So I'm really happy that, like D'Lo notwithstanding, of course, that those guys are getting to stay together and reap those rewards. Obviously, I think Damari Carroll uh, signed with the Spurs. But uh, other than yep. that, like a lot, a lot of guys coming back, which is really nice. Yeah, no, it, it's cool to see, man. And like, 
I think everything that this team is like that's the the, the work they put in, uh, and that's like I saw someone say this like the Knicks just um, try to sell the the glitz and glamour of of Manhattan and playing under the bright lights of MSG and, and kind of uh, restoring the Knicks to greatness. They just try to sell that over and over again, and it doesn't work. Like the Nets, they realize like even though they are in a, a big market in Brooklyn, clearly they're um, the second tier team in the city. But they they were able to say, listen, if we try to develop these guys like a, a Spencer Dinwiddie and, and hit on someone who uh, bounced around Detroit, Chicago, G League, pick him up, Joe Harris, a guy that um, like no one ever was a complete afterthought in Cleveland, make smart signings around the margins. We can build up to a, a respectable team, try to get lucky on turnaround projects like D'Angelo Russell and, and see them become into all-star players. A guy like Karis LeVert identifying him when everyone thought he was going to go in the second round in that draft after uh, a bunch of injury plague seasons at University of Michigan. Like just these these smart signings that can really build you up into a free agent destination. You don't always have to be in the biggest market as we've seen time and time again. If you make smart uh, signings, you have a, a good infrastructure in place. Your coach and GM are simpatico on the same relationship. You can become that premier uh, free agent destination, and who knows if it will work out. I think I feel really good that it will, um, just given any, everything that Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson have done. Um, but but listen, the Nets have put themselves in the absolute best position to succeed, and it, I think it's a great sign for every um, small market team out there, all the other 29 uh, franchises in the NBA, that this can be done. If you have smart ownership, you can build a contender. Yeah, and I think what you said about earning it through hard work and that kind of thing, I think that's exactly the reason that those guys decided to sign here. And I think that if they had like gone to the Knicks, it would have been earned via like a different route. Like it would have been just through suffering and through like almost just like begging in a way. But the Nets like put in the work. They obviously were in a tough situation because of that Celtics trade. That's obviously completely in the rearview mirror now. So uh, yeah, I just think that Brooklyn worked way harder than anyone else besides maybe the Clippers, and in the end, they pulled it off. Yeah, like, how shocked are you? Because for me, like, obviously, we've been talking about, oh, like, it's possible that KD would want to link up with Kyrie, and we'll see, and, like, obviously, your Mark's brother um, is high up in in Live Nation, but, like, I never thought it was, I thought it was a possibility, I would say maybe between, like, 10 to 15%. Uh, but I never thought it was likely or would, would even pin any hopes on that just because um, I, I just didn't think it would be a reality. Because, like, this doesn't, ha- this doesn't happen to the Nets. Uh, and sorry, Rock Nation. I realized I said Live Nation. Um, like, this doesn't happen to the Nets. And they just got uh, a Hall of Fame player who isn't, isn't necessarily in his prime, but definitely can come back and still be a perennial top five, top seven player in the league. And uh, it's just, like, I, I'm just still shocked. And I, I didn't believe it, even when when Stein was saying like, "Oh, it looks like the Knicks or the Nets are really in contention for this. They're really pushing hard for it. It's pretty likely they're going to get DJ, Kyrie, and KD." But up until Woj tweeted it, like I still was very skeptical. I completely agree. Yeah, like uh, Gavin and I saw the Chris Broussard tweets. We saw Mark Stein's tweet. We were like, "Okay, like yeah." I, when I Broussard need, says, need, it, "You know, Woj. it's wrong." Exactly. But he did say that uh, it was one team had heard that it was the Warriors. <laughs> yes, so that was when I, I was like, oh, that. maybe it is Brooklyn. I was happy after that. Yeah, but once the Woj tweet came through, once obviously uh, the boardroom posted that Instagram video, I think they gained like 20, 30,000 followers in like 10 minutes or something. Once uh, Woj announced that they would be putting the 
uh, video up once he had made his decision. But yeah, like you said, even if he comes back like 90%, he's an all-star. Like Rudy Gay, there was like a stat going around about his pre-Achilles injury and post-Achilles injury numbers. And so pre-injury per 36 minutes, he was 20 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, post-injury per 36 minutes, he was 18.5 points, 9 rebounds, 3.5 assists. So pretty much the same. And his true shooting actually went up. Uh, he didn't get to the line as much, but like overall, he's a similar player, and part of that decline might have even been just due to aging. So I think that like there's recent history to suggest that maybe this isn't as devastating of an injury as it would have been even five years ago. So for Kevin Durant to expect him to come back 85-90%, I think that's realistic. And if he does, I think Brooklyn is definitely a finals contender. There's no other way yeah. to say it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like KD is seven feet tall with just like an insane insane shooting stroke and fluidity uh for someone his size like i and i don't know and the improvements he's made to his game like he's become a really good defender um over over the years his passing has improved where he might not have the most natural vision but he definitely looks for guys more like i think he's going to age like a beautiful glass of merlot uh over these next few years so i don't know i'm 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 really pumped up right now and we'll we'll break down uh, kind of how the fitment's going to work uh, as we kind of get further along the summer, obviously, with the understanding that um, a lot can change with the supporting cast in a year. But I feel very confident, especially with the Nets medical staff, you know, they, they are very conservative. We know how, how conservative they are with injuries, but they've done a really nice job, uh, especially when you look at probably the base case, a guy like Karis LeVert, who gets hurt last year, but that was kind of on a, a freak thing. But they've done a really good job with him besides that, um, ensuring he stays healthy and this is not a team that would rush anyone back in the slightest. So they're going to make sure he gets the proper treatment, the proper resources, the proper rest. And if he can make a full comeback with any team, it's going to be with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and like you said, they've been pretty conservative. Even with a guy like Alan Crabb, they held him out probably longer than they needed to. Levert, they actually rushed him back a little bit sooner than I think we both expected. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it turned out to be the right decision because it gave him time to kind of get acclimated. And then by the time the playoffs rolled around, he was great. So I, I do trust their decision-making, and I think Sean Marks uh, deserves all the credit in the world for this. This is incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, what are your expectations for, for next season? Um, I think, kind of, for me, I'm, I'm thinking uh, better than where they were last year. It's probably still not the team that's going to get out of even the second round. Um, and, and as we say, this, the Heat are finalizing a sign-and-trade with the 76ers to acquire Jimmy Butler. So that's that's super interesting. I'm curious who they're they're giving up. Josh Richardson. Um, okay, interesting. I think I li- I like that for both teams actually. I really like that for Philly, um, getting Josh Richardson. But but yeah, I don't know. I I feel like kind of 45 to 47 wins if matchups break right, maybe getting out of the first round. A lot of it's going to come down to uh, how like Levert, Kyrie, and Dinwiddie mesh. Levert's if he can kind of take how well he played in, in the Philly series and, and bring that on to next year, any improvements that Jared Allen can make, if Kuroots can take a jump, those will all kind of be key factors. But I think de- the Nets are definitely going to be a solid, solid playoff team. Yeah, and with no KD, I think it's going to be like a huge year for Rody to show some improvement because he's kind of, like we talked about them signing a guy like maybe Tobias Harris or someone who could fill that 3-4 uh, position on offense and defense and just kind of like, take over for this team and with them signing Kevin Durant obviously that's like the best case scenario but he is going to be out this whole year so that gives Kuruks a great opportunity to show what he can do and prove that he belongs in the rotation even when Durant comes back and they have all these other guys like Prince 
Uh, they signed Garrett Temple, I think, today also. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a huge year for him. And I kind of agree. I think 47 wins sounds about right, which is probably going to be like a four seed maybe. Uh, Milwaukee's still going to be great, even though they lost Brogdon to Indiana, who should be better now if they get Oladipo back, assuming he's like relatively healthy. Philadelphia is still going to be good. Uh, we still don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi yeah. and Toronto. And also, sorry, I, I hate to. Turn, oh, Al Horford yeah. just signs a Philly. Wow, I told Gavin that earlier. He did not believe me, but uh, yeah, some random guy on Twitter, like who was not verified, I think, tweeted that. Wow, I, like, I verify really that man right now. Sheesh. Okay, so yeah, so Philly's going to be so, very good. So Philly has Embiid, Horford, Simmons, Josh Richardson, and Tobias. Tobias. Yeah, they're, they're, they're to New huge. Orleans. Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah, I still I don't know if they have a bench still. They brought Mike Scott back. Mike Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our guy. That's that's really interesting. I don't know. I, who's the favorite now? Is Philly the favorite with uh with their team? I, I don't know. I, the fit's kind of weird. If if Kawhi goes back to Toronto, it's still Toronto in my mind. But if he does not, they might be. Yeah. I mean, Boston got Kemba obviously, but they're losing Horford now, so. They're going to take a step back. Indiana, we'll see, depending on how Oladipo's return goes. Milwaukee, you would think, will take a slight step back from where they were last year because they're losing Brogdon. So I think the door's mm-hmm. kind of open. I, I might and say Philly's the favorite. Also. Right, yeah, I might say Philly's the favorite right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, I think it's good for, for the Nets that there's no pressure for them to um, even go to the Eastern Conference Finals, like, this year. It's, it's really going to be kind of a, a building year for them and and that's something that none of these super teams have had i mean when the warriors first got kd when the, the celtics um teamed up paul pierce ray allen and kg when lebron and Bosch joined d wade in miami like all those teams had such high expectations from the start uh and obviously it's it's um it's not good for the nets because you have your marquee player recovering from a very serious injury but still they they do have um some some kind of room to grow and especially when you have a team that's not experienced uh in playoff basketball at all really besides Kyrie none of them have been there besides that series last year it's going to be good for them not to have these really tough expectations on them right off the bat yeah and I think what you said earlier about it being like a testing ground for Kenny is going to be huge because when the time comes when Durant's back they're going to need those like seven to eight guys in the rotation and I think uh, Lavert and someone else's contracts are maybe going to be up after the season, so definitely need to bring him back and bring everyone back that has a role going forward. So I think this year is going to be experimental, but it should still be a good, fun, exciting team that's going to make the playoffs, that could make the second round uh, if things break a certain way. I could even see them in the conference finals, honestly. Uh, but time will tell, and I think uh, this is just the best day that I've had on this podcast. Yeah, no, it's it's been great because we did two of them. Maybe we'll yeah. start doing two <laughs> podcasts a day in the future. We'll be with you guys all season long to cover uh, to cover the Nets. We're gonna get some uh, try to get some good interviews coming up and and really uh, zone in on what's probably gonna be the most anticipated, or I guess, most anticipated year until it's broken by the following year uh, in Nets history. Uh, but but very exciting stuff, and obviously, and I'm just so jazzed up for it. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We hope that's on the Himalaya podcast app, but there's a lot of great platforms out there. Please rate us, review us, and then follow us on Twitter. Uh, the podcast account is at LockedOnNets. Marcus is much funnier than me on Twitter. He's at Marcus Barahal. But you just don't tweet. 
yeah, that's true. Marcus, B-A-R-A-H-A-L, and I am at J-M Bass underscore. Uh, we'll be back in your ears a few times this week. Uh, looking forward to it. The Nets got Kevin Durant, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.